You are listening to Fancy Face and Friends. Hello, everyone. I have Tiffany on today's episode. Hi, Tiffany. Hello, how are you? I am well. How are you? Great. So I'm really excited to talk to you because I, and I've said this before, I've shared this story before um, on the podcast, but you and I know each other because we met through a mutual travel group on Facebook. And I originally, I think I posted something asking people if there was anybody interested in joining the podcast and talking about um, some travel episodes. And you're one of the gracious people who joined and you've been on a few times. Um, I think maybe, what are we in 2022? I think maybe the last time I spoke to you was 2020, I feel like. Probably, yeah. yeah. It could have been that long ago. (laughs) Um, And since I last spoke to you, you have created a beautiful book, which I'll let you talk about, called Hues of Africa. So before I ask you anything else, can you just tell people um, what Hues of Africa is? Okay, so Hues of Africa is a coloring activity book all about Africa. Um, So it has music, language, hair, food in the beginning of the book, and then it goes into the different countries in Africa. So you'll see a coloring page on one side that's related to that country, and then you'll see uh, activity, and that activity could be a word search, a maze, fill in the blank, etc., all throughout the book. How did you come up with this? Um, so, um, I have always liked to look at the back of the cereal box. (laughs) I don't know if anybody else has enjoyed that growing up. (laughs) So I've always liked to do like activities and different things like that. Um, and then also the inspiration too was my grandmother, Um, Mm. She liked to do puzzles and books and stuff. She's no longer here. And so I thought, well, why not? I said, I don't want to write a novel. I don't have time to write a novel. (laughs) So I was like, well, why not do a coloring activity book? Because this is something that I enjoy and I think others will enjoy it as well. And I just want it to be a fun way to learn about Africa. Yeah, and actually what I really like about it is, aside from it being educational as well and highlighting um, places that people wouldn't normally think of, when they think of Africa, um, the continent, I what I like about it is it's a really good travel companion as well. Like it's something yes. fun to just do when you're um, on a flight, whether it's an hour flight or a 10 hour flight. Absolutely. And, that, and it's funny because it can absolutely keep you busy doing a 10 hour flight. That's how much content is in this book. Uh, wow. <laughs> a lot of people are, uh, when I say coloring book, Sometimes people are turned off, right? Because they're like, oh, I don't want to color. I don't color. But then everybody that sees the book is like, this is so much more than a coloring book. This could be a workbook. This could be this. This could be that. So when I tell you it literally can last you for a 10-hour flight, absolutely. You probably still wouldn't be done because the coloring is very intricate as well, the designs in the book. Mm. So definitely can keep you busy. (laughs) Is um, Is your book only... Because I, I think I saw you share on social media, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you shared something on social media where you had a speaking or reading engagement with kids. So 
Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. So I assume that means the book is also kid-friendly. Absolutely. So it's funny because people always ask, well, what age is this for? I've literally had from five-year-olds to 75-year-olds. So everybody and anybody can work in this book. Now, I will say if you are a five-year-old or I'm just going to say about five to eight, five to nine, you probably are going to need assistance with the activities. Um, but the coloring, you could definitely go ahead and color in that portion. But yes, literally, I would say for everybody. I know that sounds crazy, but yeah. I think everybody can get something out of it. That's awesome. Um, how did you, can you talk a little bit about your, that's that in speaking moment that you had with kids? Like what, how did that come about? Yeah. Um, so I actually, this, this is the power of networking. Um, I was at an event and I met this, uh, young lady and she was talking about how she wanted something. It actually, uh, was her church, her little church group. And so mm. she wanted to do something for Black History Month. And I said, sure, why not? So she purchased the books and we literally did a Zoom call. We had so much fun on the call. <laughs> <laughs> like they were so attentive. Like I wasn't sure because they're, they, I would say they were anywhere from like six to 10, I would say. And so I didn't know how engaged they were going to be because, you know, they've been on the uh, Zoom for forever. Right. But they were super, super engaged. Like one time I asked a question about something, somebody one of the older ones put the definition in the chat box. And so when I went over that at the end, hey, what did you guys learn they were able to identify? And they loved it, I think, as much as I loved it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really awesome. When did you um, when did you first put this book out for public consumption? Um, it's actually almost a year. So May 2021 is when it came out. Wow. What do you think has been the highlight of this year for you with Hughes of Africa? Because I know you've done, I've seen you do some interviews. I've seen you um, do some, uh, I don't well, I don't want to call them markets, but I've seen you go to, what are they called? Like The uh, pop-up shops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah, so we have done a lot surrounding the book. It almost seems so real. It almost seems like it's not me. I know that sounds crazy. Um, but I know one of the highlights is actually being on TV. Um, mm. I was interviewed on a TV show called Yaba TV, and it aired on Primetime Channel 9, KCAL Channel 9. Um, so that's wow. definitely a highlight um, to see me on TV and to see me specifically talking about the book. And then the other highlight is just all the people that I've met um, while having the book out. Like, the feedback that I get is, you know, sometimes almost bring me to tears. <laughs> mm -hmm. I had one lady, she, it was a night, speaking of pop-up shops, it was a night uh, pop-up event. And like, I think I gave her the book, it was almost 11 midnight when she got that book. Around the afternoon time the next day, she had wrote a post on Instagram. She was like, oh my God, me and my family woke up and we all did this book. And I learned uh, for example, that Ethiopia has their own alphabet. And when that, those type of things where oh, you wow. can bring the family into this and you're telling me exactly what you learned from the book, that just validates like this book is needed and that it's appreciated. So I just think the, the feedback from saying like, okay, this product is actually really good um, gives me like, what do you call it? Spidey, tingly feeling inside. <laughs> <laughs> How did you go about getting for um, other people out there who are interested in like creating books or whether they're written form or any other platform um, with books? How did you go about getting your 
book in Barnes and Nobles. Okay, so Barnes and Noble. <laughs> First of all, that's funny that you're asking this question because I feel like it took me a minute to get into Barnes and Noble. Like this is the side that I probably should talk about more because I think I post all the good stuff. Like, oh, we finally got in Barnes and Noble. I didn't tell y'all how many months it took for me to get into Barnes and Noble. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it was a lot of back and forth with back and forth with Barnes and Noble because of the way that the book is published. Um, it was uh, published on Amazon first. And so Barnes and Nobles does not take stuff from Amazon. So there's another site that I published on. And so that made it a little bit easier. But yeah, you have to talk to each individual store to see if they'll even get the book into their store. So it's a lot wow. of it's a lot of back and forth for all you authors out there. I know I make it seem look, look like it's easy. Um, but I was telling somebody, I was like, I really should talk more about the behind scenes that goes on. When did you, um, or how many, sorry, how many stores is it in currently? How many Barnes and Nobles? Um, it's actually in the local Barnes and Nobles near me, which is in Manhattan Beach, California. Okay. And, but it's online though. So if you ever want to pick up a copy, you just go online and order it and then you pick up in the store. Oh, Awesome. And I've seen that you're also in a few other shops and stores as well. Yes. So we are online, of course, Amazon, online Target, online Walmart. And then we are in, if you are in the Southern California area, we are in a lot, a lot of the local black bookstores and some other bookstores as well. So we're pretty much trying to be everywhere. Actually, oh, I'm also in a couple stores in Texas. There's about two oh, cool. stores in Texas that are carrying them. Yeah. That's really awesome. Um, cause I see your posts. So I, I, I've seen you like talk about like being in Barnes and Nobles and I've seen some of your videos, um, sharing your books being like, I've seen them displayed in places. That's how I know, um, what's been going on in the last year for the book. And yeah, I'm, I'm super happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you've been following along. Um, and then, oh, the other, one of my pop-up, no, I'm sorry, one of the bookstores, another, again, Southern California near LAX, um, they were one of the first bookstores to actually have an in-person event, and that one, that was really, really fun as well. Um, and it's cool to see, you know, there's people shopping in the store that will stay for the presentation, mm -hmm. um, and we just do, you know, activities out of the book, and they were a good crowd, and they were funny, so I enjoyed that as well. Were you nervous about doing presentations? Um, no. So I have a background. <laughs> um, I have a background in the theater. So I'm used okay. to kind of being on the stage and turning, I guess, quote unquote, on. Um, and then also I, um, I have a good background in present, uh, presenting and speaking. So no, I wasn't nervous. But you, I, well, I don't say nervous about speak. I think it's more nervous about like who's going to come. Is anybody going to stay and watch the presentation? But once they're there, once the presentation's gone, then, you know, I'm okay. Yeah, um, that's so interesting. Like, I have a theater background as well, and I find that um, most people who come from stage and performance, whether it's dance, singing, acting, or even um, stuff in front of the camera, I find that it's easy to, it's easier to step into that role to present, but that, that insecurity of, is anybody going to show up? is so big right. like it's such a natural <laughs> it's like when you know there's a big dance in school whether you're in junior junior um, high school or high school and you want to be asked to the dance or you want to go to the dance and you don't want to go by yourself it's that feeling of 
um, being alone. And then when you're trying to put out a product, it's even amplified because you just hope that people come and just see what you have to offer, whether they buy it or whether they enjoy it, to just at least stay long enough to hear you out. And it, that is such a big insecurity that artists and creators have when it comes to people just physically coming being there right absolutely yeah and i'm yeah and even yeah when you're performing too unless you're selling tickets ahead of time and you know who's coming same thing with theater you're like oh my god i hope they come you know and then you're nervous when they get there yeah. <laughs> um so yeah that that's actually uh, pretty true i wanted to ask you because obviously the book is about the continent africa and you've traveled there several times and i think maybe we've talked a little bit about this um in the past but what was the first country or place that you went to in africa um so the first place was ghana west africa and i actually did like a summer study abroad while i was in college so that was oh, my wow. first passports to have first introduction to the continent and i was there for about six weeks and i had the best time of my life how would you describe that place to people who never like i've never been to africa just in general but how would you describe ghana um so i felt like uh to me ghana is very welcoming they even have something called the year of the return um, where they were basically inviting, you know, us or I would say African Americans or, you know, if you're from the Caribbean or wherever, back to back home, basically. So I feel like they've always been super, super inviting. Like, I love the fashion. Of course, they're very, very westernized, but you also get a chance to see their culture within the fabric um, and the colors. Like, I make sure I bring fabric home every single time. You definitely try to bring fabric home with you every time. Okay, so yes. Okay, so I definitely uh, try to bring the fabric home. I have closet full of clothes because I love just, it's just bright and beautiful. And that's, it definitely describes my style. Um, the food is really, really great. Like my favorite food is jollof rice. And it's funny because I think actually that first trip I went, I wasn't actually as open um, at the time, very picky eater. But now that I've been back five, six times, like I try to try the different foods and I actually really enjoy them now. Um, then you have the music, the music, okay, you know, Africa, they dance. <laughs> so whether that's <laughs> dancing and drumming, whether that's out partying, dancing, like they just like to have a good time. Like I'm not a clubber at all, but if I go out in Ghana, like everybody's gonna be up dancing. Whereas if you go like to LA somewhere, people may be sitting on the wall or sitting down like, no, they're going to have fun. Even And that also translates into church when it comes to music. Like they're very lively mm, in church as well. Right. <laughs> Um, so those are some of the things that I absolutely enjoy about going to the continent. And I've started to bring others back with me. And so that has been awesome as well. Oh, that's great. Where, where are some of the other places that you've been to in Africa? Um, so I've been to Morocco. And it's funny, that's why you have to visit each one of these countries because they're completely different, okay? Mm. Um, Morocco, I really enjoy my time there. But yeah, it's definitely nothing like Ghana. Um, I've also been to South Africa, South Africa, um, I've been to Cape Town, South Africa, I actually also went uh, in college, um, they paid for our free trip, so shout out to Howard University, Wow. Um, and then I've also been to a smaller um, place called Burkina Faso, um, I feel like we were kind of passing through Burkina Faso to get to Mali, 
uh, which actually, matter of fact, we never made it to Mali randomly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so those are the four places that I've been. But of course, I was like, dang it, I could have been to more places, but I kept going back to Ghana. <laughs> um, so, how was South Africa? Um, so South Africa was very interesting in the fact that Cape Town is very touristy. And yeah. anybody that's been to Cape Town, they'll know what I'm talking about. So Cape Town is very touristy versus like a Johannesburg. So I kind of wish we would have been able to go there. But obviously, because it was free, they, you know, set our itinerary. Right. Um, but I find that there are... I find that there are probably more people that look like us in Johannesburg than there okay. are Cape Town. Um, I don't know if... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If that explains it a little bit more. And then coming from Ghana and then going to Cape Town, I was like, wait, there are some clear differences that I did not see in Cape Town that I saw in Ghana that I really wanted to see in South in, in Cape Town. So I figure I need to go back and go to Joburg and Durban, you know, to where I can maybe see more of the culture. Right. Um, is there, if you could choose one place to go next, the, uh, South Africa aside, in Africa, where would you go? Oh, hands down, Tanzania. Like, that has been on my bucket list for a couple years now. Oh, really? Why? I'm a Why? beach person. Oh, okay. Um, I'm a beach person. I have beautiful beaches, and in addition to that, just the history. Um, and I know it's different from the other four places I've visited thus far. So, I just, I want to go on a solo trip. I want to go relax. I want to go have fun. So, can't wait to visit Tanzania. I've always been curious to know, I mean, I'm not sure um, you know anything about it. Maybe you do. But I've always been curious to know more about Madagascar. Mm -hmm. Just because it's that small little island kind of off the coast of Tanzania. And I've always been curious, like, I wonder what the... I mean, I'm curious about Africa in general because that's one of the continents I have not been to. Um, and I know that you're absolutely right like northern africa is going to be very different from the other countries um in west africa or even further down south um or even in the middle eastern region and madagascar has always been this place in my mind that i'm like i want to know like what the culture is and if there are native people who are still there or like what the language is and what what kind of experience am i going to get going to madagascar Am I going to get a South African experience like you talked about with Cape Town or am I going to get a Ghana experience? Or is it completely different? Right, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely think it would be different as well. I want to go to all of the I want to go to all the countries and Madagascar is definitely right up on there. Um just looking at the pictures and different things like that, it's just very scenic. Um, and so the, I, that's definitely a place. And of course, there's the movie, the Madagascar movie. <laughs> yeah. So I want to see if I'm going to see all the animals in the movie, or was that just you know? Uh, uh, I don't, I don't know if that's Disney that done it, but you know. Um, so it's funny the stuff that we see, and then when we get there, like, okay, is this true? Is this not? What is it going to be like? So yeah, absolutely, I can see um, where you're coming from. Is there? Um, a what do you think the biggest misconception is of? For people who've never been to Africa who want to go but may feel some type of way, whatever that means to them, what do you think the biggest misconception is? Um, I guess if you frame it that way, um, I hear a lot of people saying, well, do Africans like African Americans? And I'm like, what? Oh, wow. Like, why would that even be a question? It comes up a lot. And I'm like, 
we don't even know each other so we can't sit up there and say we dislike each other like where did, i don't know where did that concept come from and oftentimes when you hear people that say that they usually have not been to the continent and so that's why i say you have to experience the continent for yourself now if you come across that that's a different story and then that's still your experience because we the continent is so huge your one right. experience doesn't say that's the whole you know that's uh for every country um, so that is a big misconception. So that's what I say, go go for yourself. I've never had or felt like someone didn't like me because I was African-American. Um, if anything, I think we're interested in each other. They don't know. They only hear what they see on TV or, you know, on the Internet and the vice versa. So go and experience it for yourself. And the other thing is, <clears throat> you know, people feeling like I think people, the misconception of Africa is like poor. And it's like. You know, people live in huts and blah, blah, blah. Well, that could be true. There are some richer people that live in Africa than that live in America. So, again, yeah. go see the beauty of the continent for yourself. And even within each country, it's vastly different by city. So, when I go to Ghana, there's multiple places that look different from the, this city to that city to the north to the south to the west. Um, and so I encourage people, if you're doing an international trip, go to two or three different cities while you're there. Because there's no telling when you're going to get back to that country. Right. And if you're coming from the States, it must be... Like, how long is the flight? Um, so it just depends. So from Ghana... So if you're on the... I'm on the West Coast. So that adds an extra five hours just to get to the East Coast. But from the East Coast, they have straight flights to Ghana. And it's about 10 hours. Oh, okay. um, but if you are going to South Africa from the east coast it was almost 24 hours oh my god so yeah remember south africa like remember africa is bigger than north america right right so that means that south africa is at the tip of africa and it is huge it's at the it's, it almost you know what it almost reminds me of of like a texas you know how texas is like in the middle it's really huge like i feel like but um it would be just be the opposite that obviously south africa is longer but it's like uh, it takes forever to get to texas you know what i'm saying when you're trying yeah. to get to louisiana <laughs> and so i feel the same for south africa it's just at the tip that's the longest flight i've ever been on do you what did you do on that flight do you um so there was a so we got up talk because it was my you know my classmates so we got up talk listen to music watch movies go to sleep and get back up again and do it all over again um so there's only so much that you can do i wish i would have had the book back then um but yeah there's only so much that you can do on a flight but i feel like maybe i feel like sleeping is probably going to obviously pass the time quicker but some people say they can't sleep on flight. i can knock out on flight as soon as i get on the flight so i don't have that problem yeah um but yeah i cannot sleep on planes well i can't really? i have like sleep problems just in general as it is um okay but for sure like on planes i probably like i'll go to sleep i'll fall asleep at some point and then i'll wake up and like 10 minutes has gone by and I'm like, and to me, I feel like it's been like three hours. And I'm like, oh, it's only been 10 minutes. Like, oh, wow. And that's it. I can't, my my mind is just always, I always try to give, because I can't go to sleep on planes. And that's why I appreciate your um, book. Um, although I haven't really been traveling anyway, just because COVID and stuff. But I appreciate it because I always give myself a list of to-do things while I'm on the plane and sometimes it's like silly stuff like go through your phone and finally delete 
your gallery like the a lot of you know you take so many pictures (laughs) and you're like your phone has only so much storage and you just never go through it again and that's like the perfect time to do that because I'm not distracted by social media or phone calls or text messages or anything but usually I write um, and I'll watch like videos if I can are those fireworks yeah, I'm like, randomly, why are there fireworks in the middle of our conversation? And it's 6.30 in the afternoon, I mean, in the evening, and it's super hot in California, right? It's like 90 degrees right now. So I'm like, why are you? People are crazy. But yeah, those are fireworks. <laughs> um, I, yeah, like, I always try to give myself tasks because I know it's going to be, I'm just going to be up the whole time, and I'd rather do be productive instead of just... And I also, to be fair, I really enjoy, um, I always try to get a window seat because I really, yes. really enjoy just looking out. There's something so beautiful about being above the clouds and looking down from that aerial point of view. And Yeah, I'm a window person. Yeah, I'm definitely a window person too. <laughs> there was a, uh, what, what did, oh, so there was, uh, randomly there was a conversation going on saying what if you were in the window seat and your seatmates that in the aisle leaned over and shut the window seal what would you uh, do? no <laughs> you can't do that i agree i'm like the i like a hand chop right before you even get to the excuse me your hand is going to cross me absolutely not right so, there's there's yeah. still a thing called personal space even if it's right. a very tight plane and seats and stuff you still have something called personal space and um if you if you are in the aisle or even the middle seat and you want the window down you should politely ask i agree and my answer would be leave no <laughs> but <laughs> but at least the fact you, that were you asked, i right. appreciate exactly but don't reach over me um exactly that's funny that somebody said that yeah like that's a no um, what is your so going back to the book what was one of the few things I mean you mentioned that Ethiopia has their own alphabet but what's something else because you must have done a lot of research to put this together um, for it to be informative and educational what are some of the things that you learned that were really surprising to you um, there was actually, oh, you know what, one thing that I learned about Liberia, so I didn't realize that a lot of freed slaves in America ended up in Liberia, and that's part of the name as well, and so I was like, oh, wait, wow. could we, you know, like, who is, like, who is from there that migrated there, um, and so I thought that was very interesting, I'm like, wait, why didn't I learn about this, I don't recall this in my history book, like, what's going on? Oh, you know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, so it's actually, since you mentioned about researching, it is actually, it is very tedious writing books. So what I said earlier about, like, I don't want to write a book like a novel because it's going to be more difficult. Honestly, creating this book is not difficult, but it is very tedious because I do have to research um, the information. I do have to put it into an activity. And so an activity could take me like literally all day. And I'm like, why is this taking me so long? In my mind, it shouldn't take as long because it is an activity. But honestly, it's the exact opposite. 
Um, so I feel like um, it was fun learning about the different cultures and the different customs and what people do. And so, like, I can't wait to go to, like, in Tanzania, there is something called The Rock, and that's a restaurant. And it's like, depending on the tide, it, you can either have to take a boat there or the tide goes down and you can literally walk off into the beach right and so for me after research is like now i want to put a name to the face like i want to go to the rock restaurant and hold up my book because i have the illustration page is about the rock um mm. so i just can't wait to go back and see some of these cultures and places and so i get super excited when i see like a picture of something and i'm like oh my god i included that in the book you know what i'm saying so yeah. Um, I can't wait to be able to go to the continent um, and literally stand in these places that I wrote about or at least illustrated about. Did you, well, actually, before I ask you this question, um, piggybacking off of what you just said, when you go, just in general, when you traveled, are you one of those people who prefer hotels or Airbnb? Or does it matter? Um, so I'm a budget traveler, so if I was balling out of control, sure, I would stay in a hotel, but I'm not. <laughs> and so because I'm gone for 10 days or two weeks, I'm definitely going to get an Airbnb or a hostel okay. uh, because they're cheaper than hotels. A hotel could be like $100, $150 a night. If I'm there for two weeks, you got to think 150 times 12. Yeah, I don't have that type of money. Um, so more than likely, I'm staying in a cheaper accommodation because my money goes like i prefer to put it towards like excursions and stuff like that versus yeah. like where i'm staying like your experiences do yeah. you are there a lot of uh, when you were going when you were traveling in africa i mean i know some of your trips were when you were um in high school but do you are there like a lot of airbnb locations there or what is it properties yeah, there. Um, so I, I've gone to Ghana more recently and they have lots of Airbnb properties. So a lot of these African countries function just like the U.S., like um, Airbnbs, hotels. And I say people are always like, how much do I need in Ghana? I'm like, it's up to you and your budget. They will have hostels and they will also have the most expensive hotel where all the stars go when they come to Ghana. Um, and everything in between that. So, yes, they uh, definitely have Airbnb properties. Did you have anybody who um, helped collaborate with you on this book, or was it just you? Um, so, I do all of the activities, and then I hire an illustrator. So, the illustrator um, basically does one side, and I do the other side. So, that's the only collaboration I have. Oh, that's awesome. Do you get to, how's that collaboration been for you? Is it somebody that you know or just somebody that you found online? No, I found them online. Um, it's funny enough because the first person I found online, I loved his work and he actually did my Egypt page and he like ghosted me. I'm like, hey, I want to get this book done. I have more things to do. And he literally did, he stopped responding to me. <laughs> like, I can't do this. And so I literally stopped working on the book for three months. And oh, I finally no. was like, Tiffany, he is not the only artist in the world. And so I found this guy who has stuck it out with me. Um, so he did all the illustrations beside that Egypt page. And I'm working with him for the next book as well. Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad that you, that the reason why I asked if you knew the person or if they, you found them online is because, um, you know, sometimes it's difficult when you have a vision for what you want and that somebody else is in control of like putting that together visually 
and then you have right. that collaborative like back and forth like oh I, I didn't really want it to look like this I kind of wanted it to look like that it's like it's a process that people don't really take into consideration oh absolutely and this is still even a process with him because I cannot talk to him I rather pick up the phone instead of keep trying to email you and explain it and we do go back and forth he will I will tell him what my idea is. He'll put it together. I say, absolutely not. He goes back and does it again. <laughs> but it's all through It's all through the site. It's, I cannot call him. And I wish I could <laughs> sometimes. Um, but eventually we make it work. Like even if I say, did you even look at the feedback I gave? Because clearly this is not done or this is not done. Um, so it's always interesting working with him. And I feel like... He's more of a graphic designer, so it's like whatever you tell him, that's exactly what he's gonna do. And so in my mind, it's like, okay, I'll like give him, let's say three, four pictures, and I'm like, hey, this is what I want, and I want him to come up with something creatively, but I find that he's not really as creative. It's like, no, I need to tell him exactly what I want in order for me to get what I want and what I need from that illustration. Mm, he's very technical. Yes, 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 yes. Very technical. And it's funny, like, I, you know, it's about Africa and hair is very important. And so even on some of the illustrations, like, something can be cool and I don't like the hair. And I will literally go on the internet and look for, quote, unquote, I don't know if that's a technical word for a black hairstyle. And I'm like, no, do this. And that makes a difference in the illustrations, too. And I know I'm on the right road because... There was like a five-year-old, somebody told me, it was like, uh, she gave the book to, I don't know if it's her niece or something, and she was like, oh my God, I love her hair, like, you know? And so yeah. for me, that just lets me know, like, yeah, I'm on the right track yeah. when it comes to stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, hair is important yes. because it, it definitely, um, well, first off, just for representation, um, but secondly, for culture, like different cultures, and it doesn't matter. It's not just black or Africa. It's like everywhere. Like different cultures right. express themselves with different like fashions and patterns and colors. And hair is an extension of uh, an accessory. Do you think that your second book would be available in the next few years, or are you still in the beginning stages? Oh, no, it's definitely going to... Oh, don't say that. It's definitely going to be out this year. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm working on it now diligently. Um, and so the second book is actually about historically black colleges and universities. Oh, wow. Um, so I'm super, super excited about the book. It'll be, you know, geared towards a different audience. Some people may not care about Africa. They may not never travel to Africa. People love their HBCUs. Um, so I'm super, super excited to put that one out. Um, and that one's also interesting learning about the different history that I did not know about. Um, I went to Howard University, um, but I didn't know about a lot of the other uh, college campuses. Um, and so my goal with this book coming up is to do a call, like go on a book tour. I didn't do a book tour for Africa. And so I would love to go on a tour of all the schools that I'm actually putting in the book as a way to promote it, but as a way to see the campus and to connect with the college students on campus. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, if I can inspire somebody to do something or, you know, somebody like, hey, I want to be an author. Okay, well, you can see there's representation here. Like, it can be done. And right. it can be an outside, it can be a, 
um, out of the box book. Like this is not a traditional book. And when I was doing the Hughes of Africa book, like I was literally going to Barnes and Noble, looking on Amazon to see if there was book because I needed help. I'm like, I don't even know what like what can I put in the book? What I what can I not put in the book? Ultimately, I found out it's my book, so I can put whatever I want. Um, but the point is, I did not see somebody out there doing this and even now i still have not seen anybody that has the same type of book that i have now what was the thing that actually entered when you first thought of this idea what was the first thing that you had in mind were you more focused on the illustration aspect aspect and people coloring or were you more focused on the activity or the educational Uh... part I probably was more focused on the activity, even though, well, maybe I should take that back. I think maybe I was more focused on the illustrations because um, I think I reached out because I'm like, okay, I know I have to find somebody. And I knew that the activity portion was on me. So I think first, I think I did start off with illustrations. I'm like, well, who am I going to get to do it? How is it going to go? And doing that research before you can even begin to hire somebody. Um, So yeah, I would have to say illustrations first. But the idea that you ended up producing and putting out there that's available now is the same idea that you had in its inception yes always been the same thing Uh uh-huh yeah that's awesome how long did it take you to put all of this together once you had the idea that is the magic question people always ask me i'm like how do i answer that I'm a procrastinator. I hope nobody else is. Um, And so it's hard to say because, like I said, I started off with illustrations one month and then I didn't do anything for the next three months. Um, So I feel like it was kind of um, a little bit of that. Like once we got the illustration ball rolling, it kind of continued. But me, I was very inconsistent with doing the activities. So there, I would be like, oh, yeah, I'm about to do activities. And then there'll be like weeks where I don't do nothing. Um, then I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to sit down and, and finish this, you know. Um, so I would say with the breaks and the pauses, or if there were no breaks and pauses, I went straight through, it probably would have been a good six months. Mm. Like, yeah, you can get it done. And you probably get it done in that amount of time. If you're consistently working on it every day, um, I think it could be a short amount of time than that. Yeah. It's also so hard, though, as artists and creators it's so hard to, um, especially depending on what type of job that you like your day job. It's so hard to, um, I did a podcast about this a couple of years ago and it was, I was talking to an artist when I was living in Taiwan and I asked her, um, she teaches English and she works a lot. You know, you're working all day teaching. She's teaching. Um, I can't remember the ages, but like six, seven, eight, nine, ten year olds. And you exert a lot of energy in doing that. And then I asked her, like, when do you find the time or how do you feel the time to be artistic and be, she paints and be creative and come up with these images? And she was telling me that it's hard. Like, she tries to put together a schedule, but when you actually have that time and it's that day and it's that block of time that, okay, so now I'm supposed to be painting, well, now you're not inspired. Or now you just don't feel like doing it. And I thought, like, yeah, that's that's a real struggle. Absolutely. And so it's a, it's a balancing act if you have a 9 to 5. And even if you don't have a 9 to 5, you can have multiple projects going on, you know? Yeah. Um, so for me, um, it, sometimes I was working and sometimes I wasn't throughout that time, you know, actually going in, in to a job. Um, but then the times that I weren't, I'm never just working on one thing. And it's funny because my cousin said that, 
I was like, I was saying something, and she's like, Tiffany, you're doing a lot. And I was like, you know, the funny you say that because I feel like I'm not doing enough. I feel like I should be <laughs> taking it every moment, every opportunity to be working on something. Maybe the book could have, maybe the second book could have been done by now, my portion at least. Um, but she reminded me, like, you're doing a lot. And so we have to realize we are doing a lot and taking the time when we can, we do it. And if we don't feel inspired, don't do it. There's no sense of, Working on something that's not your best because yeah. you just don't feel like it, yep. or you know you're not creative at that time. That's exactly the conversation I had with her, um, in the podcast. We we talked about that because I I spend a lot of time writing, and I have moments where again I have my own blocks of time. Like okay, this weekend I'm gonna knock out this whole chapter and I'm gonna finish it, and then I go and sit down and do like maybe a paragraph, and then I'm like mm, something doesn't feel right. Like it's not connecting the way that I want to, and I'm not in the space to give it that so I need to like not I just don't work on it and then I tell myself right. when I feel it again it'll come and then I'll pick it I'll pick up the keyboard and I'll start writing and it just it comes naturally um, but yeah there is it is difficult to find that space and time to do those things for listeners where can they purchase the book you said it's online Target online Walmart online Barnes and Nobles. Barnes and Nobles and Amazon. Amazon, yes. And it's called Hughes of Africa, H U E S of Africa. Mm-hmm. How- Hughes of Africa Journey Between the Lines. That's the whole. I use Hughes of Africa just as shortening, but it's Hughes of Africa Journey Between the Lines. But if you look up Hughes of Africa on any of those platforms, it'll pop right up. How much does it cost? Um, so actually there's two versions. There's a paperback and there's a hardcover. I looked on Amazon the other day and it's actually on sale right now. It's cheaper to buy the hardback. And the hardback is really, really nice. So if you have like a shelf or something like that, it's a great book to sit on your shelf. That's how nice. It almost reminds me of like a yearbook. That's how nice the Mm. hardbook cover looks. Um, and that was seventeen fifty. I saw online, and then the paperback, which is usually normally cheaper, is actually twenty dollars. And they probably did not lower that cost because that's one that's bought mostly. So they figure we know we don't have to lower the cost. But the hardcover didn't come out right at the same time as the paperback, so a lot of people probably didn't even know I had a hardback. Um, right. That's awesome. And is there a website for this, or just find it um, on those websites? Just find it on those websites. And we're on Instagram as well at Hughes, H-U-E-S underscore of underscore Africa. Um, And hopefully the website will be back up soon. And also everybody, and I was telling you this in the messages I sent you when we were talking about doing this podcast a couple of weeks ago. Um, You should definitely check out Tiffany's social media, um, her Instagram, for example, because I was telling you that for myself I don't do a good job of scrolling through social media anymore because I took like six weeks off and just didn't have it and I've gotten used to like doing like other things but when your video shows up as one of the first few things that I see on Instagram you always seem very what's the I don't want to say happy because I feel like that's so subjective but bright is the word I want to use like every time I see your videos it's always lively like you're you're truly taking that moment whatever it is whether it's one of your travel videos or whether you're trying a new cuisine or i've seen you like dancing um you could be even just traveling in in california or experiencing something in the la area it just varies but you always seem to be 
lively and just having a good time. Yes, I, I because I feel like I'm traveling makes me happy. So unless there's something going on while we're traveling, you're probably going to see a smile on my face. And that's because I'm trying to take everything in because when I'm at home, I'm at home. Yeah. <laughs> People are like you're always traveling. I'm like, no, I'm at home. Like, uh, I guess I'm really good at creating content because people think I'm always gone somewhere. <laughs> but the point is, is like, I when I'm at home, this is home. So when I'm out, I need to be doing everything. Yeah. Um, I'm like team no sleep. And when I say team no sleep, meaning like, you know, of course I'm going to sleep, but we're gonna get up to that excursion in the morning time, and we may be out you know all night we may come in for a break change our clothes and go right back out so i'm really much about taking it all in and then too i just never know if i'm going back maybe i will go back to that place but maybe i won't and so if i don't go back i need to take opportunity of everything that i can while i'm there yeah i agree with that like everything that you possibly want to do if you can for whatever duration of time that you're at that location for sure otherwise what's the point like why why especially for these ridiculously long flights like there's no point in going all the way to johannesburg (laughs) and and staying for two three days or sometimes that's why i'm like even a week is not long enough because that flight is so long yeah um but yeah you know people have their time limits or whatever and so instagram is like more of the short form but also check out the youtube channel where in the herd is tiffany there are longer videos on there the videos can range from 5 minutes, 10, 15, 20 minutes, and then we do a lot of interviews on there. And obviously those are longer because I love talking to, um, to uh, just different topics. And they seem to like that. Which is funny because I'm like, maybe we'll do a podcast because they love those you interviews. You um, So it's, it's crossed my mind, but I was so focused on YouTube, you know, where I wanted to try to get monetized and different things like that. So that's where my focus has been. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see what the year brings. Say that again. It's called Where in the Herd. Yeah, Where in the Herd. So my name is Tiffany Herd. So a play off of that Where in the Herd, H-E-A-R-D is Tiffany. Do you remember uh, Carmen San Diego? Yeah, yeah. Where in the World is Carmen San Diego? I say that yes, all the time. <laughs> To my friends, I'm always like, okay, on today's episode of Where in the World is Carmen San Diego, let's see if we can find common sense. Um, Okay. (laughs) um, But so also, um, because I don't think you told the listeners, what's your Instagram? Your Instagram. Um, Sweet Tiffy's at Sweet Tiffy. So that's sweet, S-W-E-E-T, and then Tiffy's, T-I-F-F-Y-S. Sweet Tiffy's. Sorry, there's a lot of double letters in there. (laughs) So definitely check out her Instagram and the Instagram for Hughes of Africa, Journey Between the Lines, as well as the book on Target, Walmart, Barnes & Nobles, Amazon, available online. And if you're in the Southern California area, it should be in a couple of shops. Are you going to be doing any pop-up shops soon? Um, I ha- I don't have anything on the schedule as of now. Um, yeah, it was funny. Somebody invited me to Texas. I was like, I don't live in Texas. I know I got some books in Texas, um, but no, I don't have anything right now. But usually when I do have a pop-up shot, I definitely make sure to announce it. You know, like, hey, come and check me out um, before I do the pop-up shops. Great. I can't wait to um, find out more about, first of all, I can't wait to actually get it myself. Um, and learn more about Africa because it will inspire. I've been wanting to go and that will definitely push me to go even more. But I'm also really genuinely, as an American and as a black American, really also interested in um, learning more about HSB, HS, 
Oh my God, I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> H H B C is strictly by colleges yes. and universities. Yes. I kept wanting to say H S B C, the bank. Um, but um, yeah, because I know that there, a lot of the reasons that H B C U started were because um, black people couldn't go to colleges, and they had to go and get funding. There's like a whole history behind how they were able to be what they what we know of them in the last like couple of decades but how they started yeah. even before that before civil rights i'm fascinated by all of that so to oh yes they're, they're starting the eight way long before civil rights came. they yeah. actually started a lot after slavery so they started in the 1800s um and so the history has been super super interesting because I thought that most of the black people started HBCUs, and I find out that wasn't that's not always true either. Mm. Um, so interesting to be like, oh, what this name is not a black person on this college? Oh, okay. But then you you know you read the history and see how they were apart. Um, but yeah, super super interesting reading the history behind the HBCUs. Definitely, I'm learning a lot. Yeah, so um, I'll definitely continue to follow you and check out your life in general, but um, I'll be looking for the HBCU book, and you'll have to come back and talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. I love coming on to the show, and so anytime you invite me, I'm down to come and talk with you. Well, thank you, Tiffany, so much for coming. Thank you. Okay, goodbye. Bye, listeners. Bye.